This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you who are watching today, especially if you may be watching today for the very first time. I trust that you will continue to watch today as we discuss this important question. If you were one of the wise men, I hope you'll stay tuned. Now on Getting to Know Your Bible, we offer a free Bible correspondence course. Let me emphasize that it is free. And I know that we say that time after time, and still we have people call and ask, how much does the course cost? So let me say again, it is free. We're not asking you for any money. We're not asking for your credit card number. We just want to send it to you free. And we want to encourage people to study the Bible. That's our only reason for doing this. We want to encourage you to study the Bible. And when you receive the course, I want to encourage you to, to study it, to finish it, to and then return it to us for grading. And then we'll send you a certificate showing you completed the course, and then we'll send you another course after that. We want to encourage you. Thousands and thousands of people all over the world are studying the Bible in this way. We want you to stop right now as we pause for a moment to give you more information about the course and then how you can receive it. Let's pause just now. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I want to read now from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. And after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, the wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who, who was born king of the Jews? For have seen his star in the east, and have come to worship him. During every year, there seems to arise a controversy over the birth of Jesus Christ. During that time of the year that's normally referred to as the Christmas season, that there's a, a controversy over having nativity scenes, especially at schools. Uh, we're told in some places that it would be alright to have those uh, uh, provided those who oppose God, oppose Christ, could also post signs or other uh, things that would indicate their feeling about God and about Christ. 
And one of the parts that is normally depicted when people have a nativity scene are the wise men who according to the text that I've just read to you from Matthew chapter 2 came to see the Christ child. Little is known about these wise men. Normally when we talk about this, people refer to them as, as the, the three wise men. We have no idea how many wise men there may have been. But that refers to a group of scholars who studied the stars. And in this case, God gave them a very special star, a star that announced the birth of the king. And that star led them to Bethlehem where Christ was born. As I said earlier, we have no way of knowing how many wise men there were. But nor do we know when they came. But we do know they came to see the Christ child. And so they were seeking the king. But Herod was afraid and wanted to kill the Lord Jesus. And this was Herod and he was a cruel and he was a very wicked king. He was so ruthless that he had his own wife and, and two brothers kill because he suspected them of treason. Herod was married at, at least nine times to fulfill his lust and to strengthen his political position. Herod was opposing the king, that is Jesus. That The wise men were seeking the king. And the Jewish priests were ignoring the king. Now those priests could quote scriptures, but they would not go to worship the Christ. That they were well aware of the passage found in the book of Micah, chapter 5 and verse 2, which is quoted in Matthew chapter 2. But you Bethlehem of the land of Judah are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who shall shepherd my people Israel. You see, they knew that scripture, but still they would not go to worship the Christ. They likely were some five miles away where from the Son of God was born, but they did not go to see him. Now suppose you had been one of the wise men. What would you have done? Now to remember, the wise men likely made a long journey to come to see the Christ. But suppose you had been one of them, what would you have done? If you had been the wise men or one of the wise men, would you have followed the star? Notice back in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 2 again. And they, he said, we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. So the wise men were led to Christ by a star. H. Leo Bowles was a gospel preacher who is now deceased. And this is what Brother Bowles said about this star. The supernatural is admitted here since there are so many miracles con connected with Jesus' birth. And the visit of the Magi was an event of great spiritual significance fit for the occasion 
of the miracle. Well, you see, the star led them to the house where Jesus was. In verse 10 it says, And when they saw the star, they rejoiced, and they were exceeding glad with great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they opened, presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And so the star led them to where Jesus was. I think it's noteworthy that, that the wise men were not led to Jesus by their feelings. They didn't say, well, you know, we just feel like this is what we ought to do. I've just got a feeling inside my heart. You see, they weren't led by their feelings. In Proverbs 14 and 12, Solomon said that the way of a man, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. It is also noteworthy that they, they were not led by their conscience. Your conscience can deceive you. Paul in 1 Timothy chapter 4 talked about those who would have their conscience seared as with a hot iron. That means it would be hardened. Our conscience can be hardened to the right thing. Nor were they led to Jesus by human wisdom. Human wisdom will not bring about the salvation of a person's soul. It was God in His wisdom, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and in verse 21, God in His wisdom determined that men would be saved through the preaching of the gospel. Not human wisdom. Nor were they led to the Jesus by nature. There are a lot of stars in the sky when they came to see Jesus. But there was only one star that was supernaturally prepared. You see, that one star was a divinely appointed guide. Friends, we have a divine guide today, a divinely appointed guide. And it's not our feelings, it's not our conscience, it's not our wisdom, it's not nature. It's the Bible. Listen to the psalmist in Psalms 119, verse 105. By thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. Jesus in John 8 and verse 32 said, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Pilate asked, What is truth? And that question is answered in John chapter 17 and verse 17. Sanctify them with thy word. Thy word is truth. You see, we need a divinely appointed guide. And the Bible is that guide. When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness by Satan, Jesus in Matthew 4 and verse 4 said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You see, we need the Bible today. Many who claim that they would have followed the star, they say, oh yes, Brother Lambert, I would have followed that star. But they're not following the guide that we have today. If you would have followed the star, 
you will now obey the word of the Lord. But let me ask another question. If you had been one of the wise men, would you have gone the distance? Would you have gone the distance? You, you see, they came a long distance to, to, see, the, to the, see this newborn child. And according to the uh, International Standard Bible Encyclopedia, they, they came from a region known to us today as Persia. Or we today we call Persia Iran. You know what that means? That means they made a journey of between 600 and 800 miles. Now I didn't say blocks. I said miles. They came between 600 and 800 miles. If you'd been one of those wise men, would you have gone the distance? Well, would you have made a journey like that to see Jesus? The truth is, we travel most any distance to see those that we love. There's absolutely no way that we will allow miles to hinder us from things that interest us. I have known people that would travel from the state of Alabama all the way to California to see a ball game. I don't think there's anything wrong with doing that. But you say, why would they make a, a journey like that of hundreds of miles? Hundreds of miles. Because they have an interest in what's happening on that football field. But would you have made a journey like these wise men to see the Christ? I could remind you that others have gone the distance. The queen of Sheba made a long journey to see Solomon according to Matthew chapter 12 and verse 42. But Jesus said a greater than Solomon is here. And that's Christ. The eunuch made a journey to Jerusalem to worship. Hundreds of miles. Many are like the priest who were but a short distance away but would not go to see him. And when that happens, we betray our faith or the lack thereof. We betray our shallow faith. For example, when we let distance keep us from worship. The sad truth is some people cannot go just a few blocks to worship him. Let me ask you a question. Are you seeking him today? Are you looking for the Christ today? Are you seeking his kingdom? In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, let, listen to Jesus. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. Now the fact is some people do not Seek him. It is said of some in Romans the third chapter. That there is no fear of God before their eyes. 
There's no way that we could say that those people that have that attitude about God, that attitude about Jesus are seeking them. And could I make this plea? Please don't wait till it's too late to seek Him. Isaiah said, Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him while He is near. Isaiah chapter 55 and verse number 6. If you'd been one of those wise men, would you have sought the Christ child? Would you have been looking for Him? Don't wait till it's too late. There's some of you that have been watching, getting to know your Bible for as long as we've been on the air. I know you have because I have some of you to tell me that. Not, not only that, you tell me that you watch getting to know your Bible every time we're on the air. And that might mean as many as twice, two times a day, twice a day, that you watch getting to know your Bible. Some of you have said, Brother Lambert, I know that what you're saying is right. And I've really been thinking about becoming a Christian. Don't wait until it's too late to seek Him. May I encourage you to seek Him now. And so if you were the Magi, would you have gone the distance? But now if you were the Magi, if you were one of those wise men, would you bring Christ anything? Go back to Matthew chapter 2 and verse 11. And we find that when these wise men came to where Jesus was born, they presented gifts to him. And there was gold. And there was frankincense. And there was myrrh. You know, some people read about those three gifts and they assume that since there were three gifts, there must have been three wise men. Well, we have no idea of knowing how many wise men there were. Just as we have no idea of when Jesus was born. Some people say he was born on the 25th of December. Well, that's just one fact it is not substantiated by the Bible. We don't have any idea when Jesus was born. But I know that when he was born, that these men brought gifts to him. I believe gold was providentially given so that later when his parents would have to flee into Egypt, that they would have that for their needs. Frankincense was a whitish resinous substance that had a very strong fragrant odor. And myrrh was a very precious gum which was used as perfume. I think there's some things that are very obvious from the gifts that were given to the Christ. You see they prepared to give to him rather than it being left to chance or the whim of the moment. It's pretty obvious when you read about them, they came to prepared. When we give to the Lord on the Lord's day, I am convinced 
that the Bible teaches that we ought to prepare. According to Paul in 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter, verses 6 and 7, we are to give as we have purposed in our hearts to give. Oh, many people don't prepare to give. I recall many years ago seeing a man helping to take up the collection on a Sunday morning. And after the collection plate was brought back to the table where they would put them after the collection had been uh, received, he kind of edged up to the side of the table, reached into his trousers pocket and just turned it wrong side out and dumped all of the change into the plate. It kind of left me with the idea that this brother didn't really prepare to give today. But when we really believe that God will bless us for liberal giving, we will prepare to give. Jesus has promised to bless us. In Luke 6 and 38, Jesus says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosoms. So the Lord is going to bless us. And when we really, in our hearts, believe that, then we'll prepare to give to Him. Another thing about the gifts that they brought is they protected their gifts. They protected their gifts. Likely on that trip from, from Persia, there were robbers along the way. So they had to take precautions to protect the gifts that they were bringing with them as they were following the star. And there are robbers today that seek the Lord's money before the Lord's day. Let me tell you some of the robbers that, that try to steal from God before the Lord's day. That there's the robber called pleasure. Someone has something they want to do that, that would bring them great pleasure. So they spend their money on that pleasure. And then when it comes time to give to the Lord on the Lord's day, they have absolutely nothing to give. Another robber is called need. Someone says, well, I needed that, and so I bought that for myself, and I now don't have anything I can give to the Lord. That's a robber. And there is another robber that's called carelessness. Sometimes we are so careless with that which has been entrusted into our care that we're careless with it. We're not good stewards of it. And thus when it comes time for us to give to the Lord on the Lord's day, there's absolutely nothing for us to give. But these men protected the gifts that they brought to the Lord. And when, they come, when we come to the Lord's day, we ought to come prepared to give to Him. But notice that they presented their gifts to Christ. Can't you just visualize that? that that, to me, is a very sweet moment in the story about Jesus' early life and, and His birth. When they came, try to visualize these men bowing down before Jesus, who is just a babe, and presenting their gifts. 
I heard the story, or perhaps I read about this story, of a woman who heard a missionary make an appeal for money. She had no money, but she had a ring that had belonged to her mother. And no doubt that ring meant a great deal to her. And she took it to the preacher and she said, take this and sell it. Use the money. And he was reluctant to take the ring. Here's what she said. I'm not giving it to you. I'm giving it to Jesus. You see, they presented their gifts to Christ. And when they did, they provided for the needs of the Christ with those gifts. Do you realize that's what we do today when we give? When we give, it, 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 we help to preach the gospel. We help to feed people that are hungry. People that need clothes on their back. You know, it's sad for me to see a man who wants to, 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 to preach the gospel have to travel all over the country begging for support to preach the gospel. Good people, when we're willing to lay it all down before Jesus, I'm convinced we will preach the gospel to the whole world. I have members of the church that watch this telecast, and I want to say to you that if we had more members of the church of Christ giving generously and liberally to the local congregation where they live and where they worship, then they might have more money to preach the gospel to the world. And that's what the world needs today is to hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now let me ask you, if you had been one of those wise men, would you have followed the star? Would you have gone the distance? Would you have sought Christ? Would you have brought Him anything? You can start that journey today. Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. You can follow Him by believing in Him, John 8, 24. Repenting of your sins, Luke 13, 3. Confessing faith in Him, Romans 10, verses 9 and 10. By being baptized into him, Galatians 3, verse 27. And I'd plead with you to follow Christ, to follow the Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Please don't hesitate another moment. I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-800-227-5278.
1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles.